Welcome to the Conversions Podcast, where we discuss conversion rate optimization and the latest tips, technologies, and actionable strategies that you can actually use to get more of your website's visitors to take action. And now, your host, Francis Teo. Today we have with us Curtis Morrison. Curtis is the VP of Client Services at iQuant, a patented neuroscience AI solution that instantly predicts where users will look during the first few seconds of their visit on a website. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Francis. So could you tell us a bit more about how you got into the conversion optimization space? Sure. Um, I've always had a strong interest in uh, both the art and the science of persuasion. I worked in sales through college, and I worked in marketing in the music industry. So uh, in the past five years or so, I've become more and more interested in e-commerce. When I was finishing up business school and looking at my options, uh, I had a pretty good idea that, that CRO was going to be important in coming years. Um, I didn't really understand why businesses were focusing almost exclusively on driving traffic to websites rather than actually converting that traffic. Uh, and to me, getting into CRO seemed like uh, a really a, a special opportunity to change the way businesses operate online. So I decided to enter the CRO space professionally after meeting Fabian Stelzer. Uh, he's one of iQuant's co-founders. Uh, that was about a year and a half ago, and I've been uh, I've been with iQuant for a little over a year now. Great. So what exactly do you do at iQuant? My official title is uh, Vice President of Client Services, but we're still a fairly small company, so I wear lots of different hats. I assist customers with uh, iQuant-based projects. I, I do some consulting. Uh, I'm in charge of new business for the English-speaking world, and um, I also uh, work quite closely with our marketing team uh, on all kinds of different projects. Great. Basically, you do everything. <laughs> well, there's... Uh, you know, a very, very busy team over here. So it's not just me, but uh, yeah, we, we all have our hands in, in uh, a lot of different uh, uh, processes over here. So how, how big is the Icon team actually? Um, on a day-to-day basis, there's usually uh, only five or six people here at our office in Berlin. Um, obviously, that changes when we have uh, major research projects going on where we're using um, uh, a lot of the university resources. So actually, our one of our, our, our co-founders and our scientific director is uh, a professor at the University of Osnabrück um, here in Germany, and uh, he coordinates all of our research projects. Great. Could you tell us a bit more about how iQuant works? Sure. So iQuant is uh, a data-driven artificial intelligence that predicts what users will see on a website during the first few seconds of landing on the page. Um, so how it works is we conduct large-scale eye-tracking studies primarily at uh, the University of Osnabrück, uh, where, where Peter Koenig is a professor. Um, and in these eye-tracking studies, we have real users view real landing pages, and we track where they look. We take the data from the eye-tracking studies, and we use machine learning algorithms to build and tune predictive models. So this is a, a fairly heavy computational process, uh, and that's how we ended up with the iQuant model and how we kind of continuously tune it for higher accuracy. Um, so with iQuant, we're able to... Uh, to, to predict the orientation phase of a user's visit. So we're talking strictly about the first three seconds of a user's visit. Um, but in those first three seconds, uh, our predictive accuracy is about 90% as good as a real eye tracking study. Um, so when you actually use the iQuant web service, uh, it's, it's the predictive model that's providing the results. So um, ultimately, what we're trying to do with this is to help marketers answer the question, does the design of the page naturally direct attention towards the most important content? And if not, iQuant becomes uh, a helpful guide uh, for optimizing the page. 
How important are these first three seconds? Well, um, there's been a lot of research that uh, that's out there that talks about the importance of first impressions, um, both online and offline. Um, on top of that, though, uh, the way that the visual attention system works, um, the first few seconds uh, of looking at a page are dictated largely by bottom-up attention processes. That's when uh, basically where you look is determined by the visual characteristics of what's around you rather than conscious decision. Um, and so what we're really talking about here is not just about, uh, you know, where are people going to see in three seconds, but um, by doing that, we find out if the design of a page naturally directs attention to the most important content. Can you give us some examples or case studies where somebody used icons to increase conversions on your website? Sure. Um, our most popular case study right now is one we did with Groupon. Uh, they were optimizing a PPC landing page. Now, uh, I mean, when you're designing a landing page, you kind of need to ask, what is the most important content on the page? Uh, and then as a marketer, that's what you really want to draw attention to. So um, while every situation is unique, this often boils down to kind of a few main components. And we often talk of what we call the three W's. Those are, uh, what is this page about? Why should the visitor care? And where should they go next? Um, so when Groupon analyzed a landing page of theirs with iQuant, they saw that actually um, users were not paying as much attention as they'd like to things like the copy that explained what Groupon is and uh, what the benefits of, of using Groupon are, or the call to action. So there was a lot of attention on the images on the page uh, and the logo. And um, so what they did is they brainstormed some ideas for how to draw more attention to those kind of areas that they defined as the key content and the most important thing that they want people to be looking at. Uh, and they made a series of small design tweaks uh, and used iQuant as a guide along the way. So after a few iterations, they had a version of the page where, according to iQuant's prediction, um, users were going to immediately see, what is Groupon? Why should I care? And where do I go next? So what they did after that is um, to actually uh, run an A-B test. So they took the original page and uh, the iQuant optimized version and tested the two against each other. Uh, and the one they had optimized with iQuant uh, had a 52% increase in signups. The interesting thing about this is, of course, there was no change to uh, the actual copy that was used and the main images on the page were kept the same. So really just kind of secondary design elements were, were changed to, to achieve that lift, which was uh, quite an interesting case study. In general, Many of our customers, most of them are using uh, iQuant to generate ideas for A-B tests. So that's something that's really important right now, I think, uh, is that too many people are getting started with CRO and running A-B tests without a hypothesis, uh, which just leaves so much opportunity and so much insight on the table. That's something that's very, very important and something that iQuant has, has proven helpful in. Um, so, for example, we have uh, agencies that use iQuant as kind of one of their initial steps when they analyze an existing landing page to try and get some ideas for low-hanging fruits. So look at, a, say, an insurance landing page, for example, and see that um, there's a trust seal that they feel is very important that's not getting seen right away. So that's what they decide to try testing. And it, it's quite helpful in, in that part of the workflow. Going back to this Groupon study, what, what elements were exactly changed on the site? If you, you mentioned that copy wasn't changed. Correct. So uh, what they actually changed is, uh, you know, fairly simple things. So they changed the color of the background behind the text um, from a green to a white. They changed uh, the color of some of the text that they wanted to highlight um, from a yellow, I think, to a red. 
and they changed the color of the call to action button. Uh, I think it was a blue. They changed it to a rather cliche red. Uh, and also they made the banner at the bottom of the page smaller, which was uh, a banner displaying some of the current offers that they had going on, um, Groupon. And they took out some of the other kind of background images on the page that were a little bit distracting. Um, so they had, for example, some floating dollar signs showing their savings that, that you can get with, with Groupon that um, were taking up a lot of real estate on the page. So in the end, they, they had uh, something that was a much cleaner a much more focused page that uh, proved to uh, to be much more effective. Is this case study on your website? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I believe on our our front page actually at iquant.com uh, and also in the case study section. Good. I'll probably link to it in the on the website so that everyone else can take a look. Cool. Well, a question on this eye tracking study that which just hit me. You mentioned that iquant is based on basically modeling. Some eye tracking studies. Correct. So in a standard optimization model where we optimize for English or languages whereby we read the text from top to bottom and left to right, does iQuant also work for languages where we read right to left? Uh, actually, that's an important uh, question, Francis, because the answer is no, or at least not to the same degree of accuracy. Um, the users that we have looking at uh, landing pages during our research are all coming from uh, parts of the world where their native language um, reads from left to right. So uh, that means that people have a tendency to look at the top left corner of a page first, um, which may not be true in, in other cultures. So, for example, um, if we were going to uh, use iQuant on a site that is in uh, Arabic, uh, it would be uh, less accurate um, because of the way that the text is read. So are there any plans to expand the technology to languages where people read from right to left? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we do have uh, a plan to build more kind of specialized models like this to uh, incorporate different cultures uh, around the world where, uh, you know, uh, there's fast-growing e-commerce markets, uh, also particularly in, in, in Asian countries. So I understand iQuan works on the first three seconds and we would assume that this is basically a very subconscious thing. But the thing you mentioned about iQuant not working on right-to-left languages means that maybe it's not so subconscious. Rather, it's something that is culturally conditioned. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. So you're right in saying that iQuant is largely based on kind of subconscious factors. As I mentioned earlier, um, when you first look at something, uh, you're, you're likely to look at uh, a certain area on a page based on the visual characteristics of the page itself. That's what's called a bottom-up attention process. Um, the other type of attention process is top-down attention, and um, that is more conscious and uh, more influenced by um, culture, different cultures, for example. Um, iQuant is largely based on bottom-up processes, but does accommodate some top-down processes um, that we're able to capture uh, through our, our own research. That said, um, once you get past the first few seconds of someone looking on a page, um, those top-down processes take over and they are very, very, very difficult. In fact, at this point, I would say impossible to, to model. So that's why we're looking specifically at those first three seconds. Could you elaborate on this bottom-up and top-down process, which you've mentioned more than once? Sure. So... Um, 
bottom-up attention is basically a hardwired type of attention process. Um, when you look at the world around you, actually, at any given time, you're only focusing on a, a particular point. And you're typically moving your eyes several times a, uh, several times a second. This isn't something you're doing consciously um, because it would be way too tiring to actually decide every time you moved your eyes. So how that's actually done is more of a computational type process. Um, so it, it's, it's more of a, a hardwired thing in, in your brain. Top-down processing is more based on conscious thought. So for example, if I were to look, just to give you a really trivial example, if I were to look at a piece of paper that is a white piece of paper with a black dot in the middle, I could predict almost with 100% certainty that anyone I show this paper to is going to look at the black dot. That's based on a bottom-up attention process. Um, whereas uh, top-down processes kick in when, for example, you're looking around on a website and you're trying to uh, learn more about a product and you've been on the, on the page for a few minutes and you decide you want to read uh, a particular section or you want to learn about uh, the pricing, so you're looking for that. D different conscious decisions um, are, are what drive top-down attention. Do you have any other examples of websites where we use this attention model to increase conversions? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as I mentioned a, a little bit earlier, we do have uh, some case studies on our website. But another one that is uh, a particularly cool one is uh, one that Quizma did. Quizma is a, a conversion optimization agency, and I believe it was a German office here that did this case study. Um, they were working on an insurance website. And they were trying to get some ideas for what to test on the page, and uh, iQuant gave them a few hunches, and they went ahead and made some changes based on iQuant, um, tested it again to see if they were actually uh, effective from a visual standpoint, and then um, they ran an A-B test, much like Groupon did, and uh, they actually saw a 170% increase uh, based on making their uh, call to action more visible, uh, some of their core benefits more visible, and uh, trust seal more, more visible. So the way I see it, Icon really helps in the attention part of the conversion process, but not so much after the first three seconds where the attention, we've really gotten the attention of the visitor. I would say that is uh, largely fair to say, yeah. What are some of the major conversion problems you see on websites? The, the problem that bothers me most is when a site does a poor job of establishing relevance and conveying the, the value proposition. So this is something that Michael uh, Egard talked about on the podcast last week, actually, uh, which was the importance of clarity and, and the communication of benefits. Uh, so oftentimes we find that uh, this information isn't as visible as it needs to be on the page, uh, and sometimes it's just plain not there at all. Uh, the same can be said for, for calls to action. Another problem is a lack of focus and flow on a page. We see sites all the time that are way too busy, uh, and we can see using iQuant that the user's attention is scattered across the page. Uh, and when you design these pages, you really have to keep the, the conversion goal in mind because every piece of content on that page should support the conversion goal, um, typically anyway, because obviously there's exceptions. But we find that uh, when a page is focused and clean, our, our customers seem to have the, the most success. But isn't stuff like the value proposition more belonging more to the top-down attention process? So when someone comes to a site, we've seen research that says basically they are likely to read about 20-25% of, of the copy on the page. Um, 
So what that means is you really want to hit them with the most important content right away. And that's where iQuant comes in. It's not that um, iQuant is going to help you uh, or help your value proposition be more persuasive. It's simply going to make sure that people are going to see it right away um, and focus on it as soon as they come to the page. In that case, how's, how does this attention model work when the user has to scroll? Um, it doesn't. Exclusively at this point at the, the above the fold section of a page, um, which is what people are going to see in the first three seconds, usually looking on a, uh, on, on a desktop computer. Although actually we've seen some research recently that says that um, people, especially on mobile, are likely to scroll sooner than that. So that's one thing that is, uh, uh, we're going to have to react to over the next uh, little while. So does the software work on mobiles as well? Um, the research we do that iQuant's model is based on uh, is all taking place on computer screens. So that means iQuant is more accurate at predicting where people are going to look on, on a regular computer screen. That said, we do have customers that use it for, for mobile and still have lots of success with it. It's simply just not quite as accurate. Uh, and, and we're still trying to collect the hard data on that right now uh, to see exactly how accurate iQuant is for, for mobile. Are you aware of any eye-tracking studies that have been done for mobile specifically? Yeah, in general, I believe there have been some done, um, although I'm not particularly well-versed in them. Uh, I know for iQuant, actually, um, we have not done any uh, primary research uh, tracking people's eyes for for, uh, for mobile pages. I think that opens a whole new can of worms because on a regular mobile device, I would think that, well, if the screen isn't too big, you actually get to see the entire screen at once. I guess, something like that. No, I mean, with a mobile site, I mean, obviously the, uh, the entire screen, when you're looking on, on your smartphone, for example, will be uh, in your peripheral vision, but you're still going to have specific points on the page that you're going to focus. And the screen size won't change that. It will change um, other aspects of behavior. Like I mentioned, people seem to scroll a lot faster on a smartphone than they would on an actual laptop or on a desktop computer. Besides what we have mentioned, do you see any other major conversion problems on websites? The ones that we just kind of went through were... Uh, you know, the, the ones that become really, really obvious uh, via iQuant, and that's kind of an area that I'm more uh, experienced in. Obviously, there are uh, lots, of, lots of problems out there that, that lead to conversion issues. I think the most important thing at the end of the day is making sure that your, your message is correct and that your value proposition is actually going to speak to the type of people that you have coming to your website. And surprisingly, in my opinion, a lot of websites... Uh, don't even do that yet, uh, and they're not even at the stage really where um, things like designing for attention are, are going to be the, the, big, the biggest lever for them because they don't even have a clear value proposition. So when I first came across iQuant, it looked very good in theory. I mean, it tries to model what a person will see in the first three seconds, but I was concerned and a bit curious about how accurate this model is and how the models were derived. So could you elaborate a bit more on that? Sure. So um, as you mentioned briefly, uh, it all starts with actual eye tracking research. And um, once we do the actual eye tracking research, we're essentially looking at what points on a page did people fixate. Um, and from that, we uh, are taking that information and um, feeding that into a machine learning process. So we're using machine learning algorithms and we're using information about what features are 
um, known to affect attention. And we're essentially establishing correlations between them. So uh, what iQuant actually is, is you know, a model that's uh, identifying features in an image, different statistical characteristics of it. And um, based on the data that it's seen before, um, it's actually uh, got weights for each of these different features that it recognizes um, that ultimately determine basically an attention score for each pixel or each group of pixels on a page. Uh, which is where the results uh, are derived. So how that is actually measured um, is a scientific process called uh, receiver operating characteristic curves. And um, so what you can do with this is if you take um, an eye tracking study and you have something like 50 subjects and you split the group into two, you have group A and group B. Um, this method is a, a way of uh, establishing a numerical kind of percentage uh, accuracy for how well um, something predicts uh, another variable. So group A uh, will have their eyes tracked, and group B will have their eyes tracked, and we'll look at um, how well did group A's results predict the results for group B. Um, for a well-done eye tracking study, that's something like 94%. Uh, using the same method, we can see how well iQuant predicts the results for group B. Uh, and for standard static landing pages, it's usually something like 88%, um, only in the first few seconds, of course. And um, so from that, we, we uh, can see that iQuant is actually uh, about 90% as good as a real eye tracking study in terms of figuring out where are people going to look on this page when they first get there. So how does the attention model work when it comes to images of people? Usually when we do the optimization, we are very careful when we use pictures of people because that usually draws the attention of the visitor. So how does your attention model handle these special cases, I would say? Um, actually, there's quite an interesting story here because uh, our hypothesis was that people are more likely to look at a human face than you know, other elements on a page. And iQuant at one point actually did have a facial recognition feature. And uh, the interesting thing is we had higher accuracy scores when we took it out. So while human faces are probably the, most single, the single most recognizable images for most people, um, it didn't actually uh, increase the likelihood that someone would look at it during the first few seconds of arriving on a landing page. We did a little bit more testing on this too recently where we had people looking at landing pages with very large prominent faces on the front of, of well-known people too. So for example, we were using uh, German news anchors because it was a, a study here in Germany. And uh, what we found was we were really surprised by how little people actually fixated on the, the faces on the landing page versus the, the headline beside it. So unfortunately, I guess like most things in life, it's not quite as simple as saying that uh, you know, a face will always draw attention. That's really very interesting and it contradicts. I hate to use the word best practices because there are no best practices. Like you have just said that you guys did a study and you found this not to be true, at least in certain cases. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it's, it's funny, we run into things like that time, you know, from now on now and then. So it, it's very interesting. And actually, that's really what makes iQuant uh, fun and interesting to use, because uh, if it was as simple as the best practices, then uh, iQuant wouldn't really be valuable. So that's just one kind of cool example um, of, of how 
at least from our own research, uh, attention works. Um, some other things that surprised us, uh, we had going into the, the first round of big eye tracking studies, we had a hypothesis that uh, different groups of people would look at sites differently. So we thought we were going to have, in the end, several different models that were tuned for uh, specific market segments or for specific types of websites. And we were really quite surprised. In our research, uh, in the first few seconds of looking at landing pages, there really was absolutely no statistically significant difference in the way that men looked at pages versus women or um, you know, younger people versus older people. The only case where we did see a statistically significant difference was uh, when we compared people who use the internet frequently to people who almost never use the internet. Um, and there was a, kind of a, a, a small difference uh, between those two that was statistically significant. Are there any other surprising results you found in the course of your research? Yeah, another thing, uh, and again, this is, uh, this is all coming from uh, our scientific team uh, and, and what they passed along to me. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not my, a neuroscientist myself. But um, another thing that's quite interesting is the type of landing pages don't seem to matter much in terms of what people are going to look at in the first few seconds. So uh, we had this hypothesis that we would be able to have very highly specialized attention models for different industries, for example, a finance model that we could offer exclusively to, to banks and financial institutions. Uh, and actually, uh, we found that people don't really look at those pages much differently than any other type of landing page. It seems to me that a lot of scientific rigor has gone into this whole development of the model. Yeah, absolutely. So um, being on the business side of things over here, uh, I have only myself very kind of high-level knowledge um, of this stuff. And the scientific team that we have is truly world-class. So uh, as I mentioned, Peter Koenig is our scientific director. He is a professor at the University of Osnabrück, but um, we also have a scientific advisory board that is absolutely phenomenal. We're so lucky to have them. We have, for example, Christoph Koch on that board. Christoph is the, uh, I believe, the chief scientist at the Allen Institute for Brain Research in Seattle. Also, uh, he's from uh, Caltech. And actually, he's doing some interesting projects now at uh, the Allen Institute where they are trying to basically map and model a mouse brain uh, over the next 10 years, um, which is a very, very large project. There's a lot of money being thrown at that right now. We also have on our board Laurent Itty, who is basically, uh, he wrote the, the standard textbook on um, the, the subject. And he uh, it was actually one of two scientists that patented this original concept of saliency mapping at Caltech, uh, which is a theory of how the brain actually computationally um, decides what to look at next. How does having a better knowledge of neuroscience help with conversion optimization? At the end of the day, I think it's just about understanding the user and uh, understanding what a person's experience is when they come to, uh, to, to your landing page. Uh, so within conversion optimization, having that knowledge is, is quite helpful for things like understanding what people are going to see. Do you have a top actionable tip for improving conversions on a website? So, I mean, as we've kind of briefly talked about already, at the end of the day, the most important thing is that you're reaching the right people with the right message. So if you're confident in your value proposition, if you're happy with your copy, uh, then it's really, I think, about kind of making sure people are going to actually pay attention to it. So um, when you're working with these pages as far as just kind of tips, 
Um, remember that your visitors are really only going to give you uh, seconds to convince them to stay. And they're probably only going to read about 20, 25% of the, the copy on the page. So make sure you give them the good stuff right away. So place important content in a spot that's easy to find. Uh, give that content some breathing room on the page. Use the power of contrast to draw attention to it. And uh, above all, just always try and put yourself in the user's shoes as much as possible. Great. That's, that's great advice. What are some of the unique features as well as future features for iQuant? Um, well, iQuant as a technology is obviously quite unique. But that said, we've got lots happening in, uh, in terms of product development. Um, in the future, iQuant is going to be less of an analytical tool as it is now uh, and more of a solution. So in the future, we want iQuant to actually identify problem areas for you in some sense and provide instant recommendations on how to actually improve the page. So rather than uh, a conversion expert looking at the results and trying to gain insights from them, uh, it would be a little bit more automated and easier to use. So for example, um, you would upload a landing page and you would mark up some key content like, for example, your uh, relevant statement that kind of establishes that uh, what the page is about, your value proposition, your call to action. And iQuant would actually analyze the page and also say, okay, um, your call to action isn't very visible. Here are some ways that you could improve it. How is that relating to attention? You mean in, in the future, you guys are going to do some modeling on how good this value proposition is compared to another value proposition? Oh, sorry. No, I didn't mean uh, that we'd be analyzing it on a, a semantic or logical level, but more in terms of how visible it is. So um, the, the actual recommendations would be specific to uh, how can you make this call to action, for example, more visible. I can't really say for sure where we'll go in, in the end. Maybe we will expand. But um, for now, uh, we're staying kind of with what we, we're sticking to what we know. So for now, iQuant is not going to put me out of a job. No, and I don't, I don't think it ever will. <laughs> Our, our vision for iQuant is uh, that it's going to be kind of um, this uh, artificial intelligence that you see almost in like um, sci-fi movies where there's kind of a guy on a spaceship with his feet up on the dashboard and he's just talking to it and uh, asking it to do things and it's doing it for him, but he's still very much in control. <laughs> where can people find out more about you or get in touch with you? Well, actually, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, so that's an easy way to reach me. Um, always interested in learning more about what's happening in conversion optimization. Uh, I like meeting people in the industry and discovering clever new technologies. As far as learning more about iQuant, which is probably more interesting for most people, uh, the best place is www.iquant.com. We actually have free demo accounts there where you can sign up and uh, analyze your own website uh, in about 10 seconds or so uh, with no code. And uh, it's kind of a, a neat insight into your website and uh, hopefully will help you come up with some ideas for your next test. Great. I guess that's it. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, Francis. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you for listening to the Convergence Podcast. Please leave us a review and rating on iTunes if you enjoy our podcast. We love hearing from you. Connect with us at our website, conversionspodcast.com, and let us know what you think.